Hi, I'm Brianna Rowley, a mom of two boys in the Andover Public Schools. And I'm Jen Marr, an English teacher at Andover High School. I've been teaching here in Andover since 2001. And we would like to introduce the new student-run AWE-sponsored podcast, Realizing Tomorrow. But before we do that, Jen, can you tell our listeners about what AWE stands for? I sure can, Brianna. It is the Andover Warriors for Education. And AWE is a small grassroots coalition of students, parents, and educators. And our goal is to improve schools through community collaboration and cooperation. What we're striving to do together is to elevate student and educator voices, to bring those voices to the forefront of conversations about school policy, school curriculum, and school funding. What we really want to do is actually reframe the dialogue and the decision-making practices about creating schools in the community that reflect and express our values. Or about when AWE started and, and what our path has been forward. Sure. Um, so AWE launched in February of this year. And if you recall, that was just weeks before COVID shut everything down. And so like everything else, AWE was put on hold while we scrambled to figure out life. It's progressed and summer came to us. Uh, we started to see some tensions and questions growing in the community. What we saw there was a need for people to talk and listen to each other. And what did we do? We Zoomed, baby. <laughs> we Zoomed. Yeah, we hosted a community Zoom meeting and over 230 Andover parents and educators attended and asked questions and shared concerns about the district's reopening plans. And Jen, you know, just attending that meeting, I know you and I were we were so proud of that moment for Andover because it exemplified productive, open, respectful community dialogue. This is a great conversation. It was, and it was a great moment for our community. It really was. It's tempting to diminish the experiences of others, I think. Yeah, and it's hard to balance the experience of yourself with the experience of someone else because it's all been so different. As a parent, we're worrying about our children's learning opportunities and their safety. Yeah, that's right. And teachers, are, we're grappling with the responsibility to educate in this context. And at the same time, we're trying to protect our own families. And so that brought us to this moment and this podcast and working with a group of some pretty amazing Andover High School seniors. They're um, yeah, they're awesome. And they have put together this podcast with some editing help along the way. And they've come up with Realizing Tomorrow. It is the product of weeks of collaboration and hard work. And I'd seen something on social media from Pastor Dana Allen Walsh of South Church in Andover, and I thought it was so right for this moment. And she wrote that kindness doesn't fix all that's broken, but it opens the door and lets some light in. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, in our community right now, in this moment, even a little passion and kindness can go a long way. And I think the more each of us can be part of the light, the easier it will be that we can realize tomorrow together. So thanks, Jen. Thanks, Brianna. I hope everyone enjoys this podcast and there will be more episodes to come. Hello, we are three rising seniors and one teacher from Andover High School. My name is Alan Spenson. My name is Zephyr Flanagan. And my name is Sophia Yanalfo and 
We are all rising seniors, super excited to start this podcast and share it with you all. And with us today, we have... Maisha Coleman or Mrs. Coleman, whatever you prefer. I am a school psychologist at Andover High School. Yeah, I think for me, um, I didn't really need, I find that I didn't really need that big of a routine. Um, You know, uh, before uh, quarantine, my schedule was packed like five days a week. After school, I would either have show choir or my job, which was at an after school program at South. So when quarantine hit, it was like no school, no job, no show choir. But for me, I guess I'm not super extroverted and I'm not super introverted, so I can kind of go with both. So I, for me, it was actually kind of a relief. I got to kind of take advantage of the fact that I wasn't around people 24-7 and um, both my parents were all of a sudden working from home too. So for me, I feel like um, I definitely took the time not to really have a routine, but I spent the time really trying to get closer with my family, which, because I never really got mm. to see them before quarantine at all. I, I, I love that. <laughs> did any of your students, did you ever reach out to, like, when you reached out to them, sorry, mm-hmm. did, did you ever talk about the routine and did any of them manage to, you know, get a sense of normalcy back? It's a great question. It was sort of all across the board. They were definitely students who um, really thrive on routine and so they created routines for themselves. Um, you know, the students I work with, a lot of them have significant symptoms of anxiety and depression. So this wasn't a good situation for them. For some of the students who have a lot of anxiety, for them at first, it seemed really like, like a gift, like they didn't have to face the things that made them anxious. Um, but then they quickly realized that um, that was actually going to make things a lot harder for them coming back to school by being away from those, those triggers and those difficulties. Um, and so... Um, it was really one of the most important things that I focused on was helping them figure out a routine for themselves that made sense. And, you know, I think a lot about, um, you know, what you were saying, Sophia, about being flexible with yourself. Like I really wanted them to both like be flexible and give themselves some grace in the process um, because we were all struggling with that. Um, yeah. So, you know, Alan, they were, there were a lot of like difficulties with the isolation. And so there were, so I ended up doing Zoom calls with my students. We used a different um, application that was like HIPAA compliant called Doxy.me or Doxy.me. So there was a video component. There were often times when students would pick up their phones, you know, when they'd have the app on their phone and they were like in bed, you know, like lying on their pillow, like, hey, Miss Kay. and, you know, I didn't want to lecture them on getting out of bed by 11. So I just went with them and, you know, and went with it and listened to them and chatted with them and tried to help them create a routine. Um, you know, it was definitely a situation that exacerbated their emotional symptoms, though. And so it was really important for me to try to get them to stay connected to their outside counselors, um, connected to their peers, um, you know, and to help them create some goals for themselves. Um, And also, you know, the students in my program, they're coming in for being absent for a while. So they're often missing a lot of work. And so they had, they felt like there was a lot to do by themselves. And I think you all know when you're behind in something, it's extra hard to get started on it because you're just dreading it. And so there was already dread. I think Alan, you used that word a minute ago about the whole situation. So there's dread, like global, like health crisis dread. And then there was dread about getting work done. So, um, it was tough and man, I just missed them. It was so hard. Like it was great that we have technology, but 
I don't know. I really miss seeing them in person. Definitely, like, speaking of those, like, little moments that you're proud of yourself, Ms. Coleman, is there anything that you tried that you're really proud of or a moment that felt good or rewarding for you during this time of craziness and unsure moments? <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, it was a challenge to learn to do counseling over a computer. I realized how much I take into account like where students like what their hands are doing or what their, if their feet are tapping or if they're slumped or not and in my office. And so when we were on camera and I was just seeing their faces, I was finding it was really hard for me to know how they were feeling. And then um, silences are pretty normal during counseling sessions. But on a computer, when you're staring at each other, it didn't feel so normal to have a silence so people could think. So it just felt really awkward. So I think that I learned a lot about doing that better. I have some really, I had some amazing students. All of my students were amazing last year and it was really good to practice. They were really generous and great and gracious with me learning how to meet with them and hang out with them. And so I think that was some, that was a new skill that I developed, which I'm glad. Um, it's something I'm still working on, of course, but, um, and let's see, I think the best moment though was when we got to go like see, a, see the seniors and deliver those, like the yard signs. Seeing students was by far like in person was the only thing that got me through. Um, there was one day when I went my desk chair was in my office at school and my like Ikea kitchen chair was not cutting it for my back. And I emailed Mr. Conrad and I was like, can I come pick up my chair? Like, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, yeah, we'll have one of the custodians put it out back and you can come pick it up. You can't go inside, but they'll put it out on the loading dock. And so I'm driving up and it's sort of drizzly. And I saw a student who graduated who I'd gone to Costa Rica with through the global program. And she and I were to go uh, to Tanzania together. And she was walking up the front like um, entryway at the end of her high school. And she was wearing her new shoes that she purchased for the Tanzania trip. And she was going on a hike behind the high school. And I, I like screamed her name and um, we chatted for a little bit. And then on the way home, I just found myself I guess this isn't a proud moment, but an emotional moment that I wanted to share is just, I was just in tears on the way home. Like I, I was, it was so good to see her and I like truly lifted my spirits and then to talk with her and hear how she was doing. And I could just see it in her like shoulders. Like it, it was hard. This was a hard day, you know, it was a hard spring for her. And, um, and so, um, I don't know. I drove home with lots of tears. Um, but then I was able to like realize um, I don't know, I guess that we can get through it, you know, and we can, we can figure out a way to, to stay connected. I was able to talk to her on Zoom a couple of weeks later. Um, and that little moment, I think really meant a lot to both of us to be able to see each other. Um, but I don't know if, it, I don't know, I guess like the proud moment was learning how to do some counseling, like telehealth style. And my most like, happy moments were seeing the students like during the senior parade and delivering this, the yard signs. Um, I was just really proud of them. Like, I'm just really proud of all of our students who, who got through this. I mean, this is not, we talk a lot about how it's been really hard on teachers for planning, but it's, it's been really hard on students. Um, so I think of you guys all the time. Yeah. I've, I've always kind of wondered what it's, do you think that this is like in any way comparable to 
you know, how like teachers don't see students over the summer, you know, it, 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 I might be like way off base here, but is that kind of a similar feeling to like not like right now in the pandemic, like not being able to see your students in person versus like not seeing them during the summer? Is that like, a, is, that, is that a similar kind of like vibe, energy, experience? I mean, I think at the beginning it sort of was, but then what I realized is that we missed any sort of closure. And so, you know, I think a lot, one of the questions that I was asked and I took some online classes this summer and, um, and in the spring, one of the questions they asked all the people who were taking a part in this webinar was if there was one thing you would have done differently um, on that Friday the 13th before we were all dismissed, what would you have done? And I was like, seek closure. Like I wish that I could have, you know, like, I'm sure it was good that I didn't hug all my students, but like I sure wish that I had like had a more like, you know, see you later, like congratulations, all the things I wanted to say to them. And so I think that was what was really hard to embrace a summer feel was that we didn't have closure. Um, and I always have a hard time leaving the school year. Like I love summer, don't get me wrong, but it takes me about a week or so to think, okay, I'll be fine not seeing them for two months. I'll see them in August or September. But now, like I think in June, I was like, when will I see students again? Like, when will I actually see them? Um, so March to August is really way too long for me to not see kids. That's a great point. You know, when teachers came back in, we had like two different opportunities to go in um, back into the building to get things that we might need. And it was really strange to go in there and see like the date, March 13th on people's class, like, you know, like whiteboards. And I had students who'd like left messages on the whiteboard in our classroom. And um, I mean, I was there on Friday, actually, I'm moving, I'm changing my job a little bit within the high school. And so I was moving my office so that the person replacing me could move in. And, um, it was so strange to stand in the hallways and see so many things on the walls that were like, you know, it was like, come pick up your yearbook on whatever, June 16th in the Collins Center or whatever it was, you know? And I was like, that didn't happen, you know? <laughs> like it wasn't um, all the like prom, it was just time really did stand still. And it did feel a little bit apocalyptic <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, I remember convincing myself like, oh, this is gonna end, like this will, and everything will be normal going into the school year. My senior year is going to look exactly how I want it because junior year didn't go the way that we all planned. But we all just kind of have to make adjustments now because it's in none of our hands until there's something to at least break things up a little bit. I was just going to ask, how did that news that Friday kind of spread among the teachers? Because I remember with like the student body, it was, I like remember it like clear as day. It was e-block and my English teacher, Miss Mar, actually, she wasn't there. So we were all not doing what we were supposed to be doing. We were watching the school, the school board meeting. And I have never seen news travel that fast among the student body. Like my lunch bell rang and it's like, all everyone was talking about in the hallways like did you hear it's closed for two weeks so i have to wonder like did it spread that quickly among the teachers or did you not really i guess talk about it as much until like maybe after school great question i like you zephyr 
feel like I, I can like transplant myself back into that day. Um, because it was like static. Like I felt, you know, the way we feel about like the day before a snow day when we're all like fingers crossed, you know, everyone's excited. Most of us, I mean, not everyone's excited about snow days. I love snow days. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, but, um, it, it was so weird was that that week, like Alan, you were saying, I wasn't, no one was really talking about it Monday to Wednesday, Thursday, it started to be more of a conversation, but then Friday was nuts. I mean, Friday, like I actually feel bad that I didn't do a better job of keeping my mouth quiet around students because I might have contributed to some of the, 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 like, I don't know if it was excitement or stress or a mix of all of the above. I mean, granted, I'm sure they knew about it, but, you know, I, I watched the school committee um, meeting as well. Um, Mr. Brennan had it playing during lunch. And so I was watching a little bit in there, going back and forth, because my office was right near his um, classroom. And, you know, the teachers were talking about it, like, all over the place. I usually have lunch with the guidance department, so the guidance and social workers, we all eat lunch in the conference room upstairs. And when I came in, it was all we were all talking about. And then we had to say, okay, you know what? We're gonna stop talking about it for a second because this isn't helpful to our stress. Um, but yeah, so it was a pretty big conversation, um, especially because it was being decided during the school day. And we, you know, the, our administration was finding out at the exact same time that we were going to find out. So. Um, you know, we got the same email that everyone else in the, in the district did at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I can recall that day completely too. Like, I went to the school committee meeting, I left in the middle of the day with two of my friends, and we went downtown, sat in on the meeting. Oh, wow. And it was just kind of like surreal. Like, okay, we're out for two weeks, but now that they're starting to use the word pandemic, how much longer is that gonna be? Um, but like, how much longer is this gonna be? Like, what are you concerned about going into the school year in the fall, especially like as a teacher, having to return for the days of training and things like that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so that is like the question of the day, isn't it? Um, you know, I, my biggest concerns right now are, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest and try not to be political, but I think that I'm worried about the lack of unity in the community right now. Um, it's a very divisive conversation um, that's happening right now, and um, I'm really worried about the impact of that, that conflict on our community. Um, I have worked in a number of school districts in the past, and I really love being in Andover. This is my fourth year. I absolutely love my job. I love what I do. Um, but so much of what I do relies on collaboration between everyone in the community, and because everyone is sort of there's these two or three different sides and everyone's arguing about it and it's public. It's just making it really hard for me to feel the way I normally feel about going back to school, which is really excited. You know, like I love going to Target and getting school supplies. I love the first day of school. I love the excitement everyone has the first day. And so, you know, I have worries regardless of which way we go back. Like if, um, you know, we're back and we're in masks, like I have concerns about that just based on, what it's like to communicate and interact with people with masks on. You know, I'm worried about, I am worried about my safety. I'm worried about student safety. I'm worried that we don't have enough science yet to really definitively tell us what to do. And you know, the fact this is so young, like we just got this virus 
you know, in the States, maybe what, late February? Um, I might be wrong about that timeline. Um, so I'm really worried. And I think one of the things that I, I did a lot of learning this summer around trauma and how it isn't always like trauma that we think of like gang violence and war, um, but trauma can be um, really characterized by like chronic stress. And we've all been under a lot of chronic stress, right? Students, families, staff, um, and then another just community members, of course, everyone has been dealing with that. And so one of the things that um, there's this really great neuro, um, actually he's a psychiatrist, Dr. Bruce Perry, and I've been a big fan of his now. And he talks about this idea that um, the phrase is dysregulated people can't regulate others, meaning when adults are emotionally dysregulated, when adults are emotionally stressed, um, we have a hard time helping other people like students regulate their emotions and their stress. And so my big fear is that, you know, in the building, everyone is going to be really stressed and anxious, and that's going to be something that will impact our students. Um, and that you're going to feel our stress because you all know this when you you know when your teachers are stressed you know when um, your parents are stressed like it's you guys just like absorb it and um, and we also absorb it across so like you can feel your friends stress I can feel my colleagues stress so I guess that's my biggest concern is the impact of this conflict and um, and what that means for tomorrow and what that means on the 16th I think that's the first day of school <laughs> so which feels so weird that you guys are coming in in September. Um, so that sort of like emotional contagion concerns me um, and the lack of unity. And I guess like ultimately there isn't a good answer. There's no right answer right now. Um, there, are, um, there are pros to going back to school in person and there are pros to um, being more cautious and doing the virtual and remote learning. But there's also cons on both of those sides, you know? And I don't think there's any good answer. Um, I really wish that we could do our professional development remotely for right now. There aren't a lot of reasons that we have to be there in person that I believe. I think there are certain things like learning how the new building structure looks, looking at the arrows and you know, they've made like certain hallways in the high school one way and stairwells one way and areas for mask breaks. And I think those are really important for us to be there to see and learn. But I also think that um, there's no real need for us to all be in person right now if we're supposed to be in our classrooms using Zoom for professional development. Um, given the fact that the entire high school isn't air conditioned, I think it would be better for our staff to be able to work from home right now. Um, and as we get ready for the 16th, whatever that may look like. But I do wanna say that, that our high school administration is doing everything they can to make sure that students feel safe in the building. They're working day and night That's a lot of the frustrating factors that are coming in, at least on my end, because I know that for going back to school, if you're going back hybrid, which I am, you know, I know that the administration is doing all that they can to make sure that we feel safe and they want us to feel safe. But on the other hand, I also understand the teachers that are very, very unwilling to go back to school. They also have us in our best interest and they also want to be able to keep us safe. So it's like, you know, that both sides are coming from such good places in their heart and that's I think what really stresses me out the most is that there's zero stability but there really isn't a bad side and that this issue is really just not black and white and I wish it could be so I wish I could like have somewhere to direct all this stress and anger but 
instead it's just all you know muddling inside Zephyr, you said that so well like the way that you just summarize that is really um i think really perfect and that no one no one is doing anything um, with bad intention i really feel that everyone wants the best for students those people who want students to be back in the building want students to be back in the building for learning and they want them there and and to be with their peers and those who don't want students back in the building also are doing it because they want to make sure that students are safe so you're right i think that knowing that everyone is coming from a good place um, makes it in a way makes it it's just it's super difficult because we all have we're all coming from about 2000 different perspectives we all have different things going on in our lives outside of school families like whether you have like older relatives living in your home whether you have like a child or what or whatnot like it's so difficult because we're never going to be able to reach a conclusion that satisfies the 2000 people in andover high school plus all of the other people in the Andover community. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, I want to recognize the fact that both people, like both, sorry, both sides, you know, they want the best for the students. I know that. And I mean, that leads, like personally, that has led me to the conclusion that I don't care how we go back to school. I just want to have a solid plan. You know, mm. like if we're, if we're doing hybrid, I'll take it. If we're doing remote entirely, I'll take it. But, you know, we have 16 days till school starts and there is still uncertainty over what the plan is. And I mean, I haven't been in the, the planning bunker of Andover High School. I don't, I don't know what the specifics have been for the last few months. Um, personally, I mean, I, I don't know whether this is warranted or not. I can't help but feeling a bit frustrated, you know, because I mean, it's been a while since we've been out of school. It's been even longer since we've closed and there still isn't really a solid plan in place. Again, I'm not sure if this is like, I mean, I can't blame them because this has never happened before in modern human history. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they're doing the best they can, but like, I, I, I want to, even if I don't personally agree with what it'll look like, I just want to know what I'm doing on the first day of school. That's a, a poignant comment there, Alan. I mean, I, I hear you. Uncertainty is a really uncomfortable place to be. And I, I'm with you. I want to know, like, what I wish I could just see into the future and then I'll endure whatever conflict is before that. But if I can just know what's going to happen on September 16th, that would be great. Um, and I, I mean, and I think I'm not trying to hedge on being neutral right now, but I would say that I feel really conflicted today. I mean, you all know that tomorrow is a big day for for, for teachers and staff, and um, you know, I, I I feel pretty conflicted about the situation and and what that means for students. I think that's the that's the big piece for me. Is I this is a, this is one of the there. I have made a lot of tough decisions in my career, but nothing like this. Like this is the, its own category of of difficult. And that, um, you know, I think I can speak for myself and say that I health wise am pretty fine. Like I'll be I'd be okay. I'm not in the super high risk category, um, but I feel that I do need to speak up for my peers who have 
high risk health issues and don't yet know what their plan is. They don't know what to do. And I don't think it's fair to ask them to take a, like an unpaid medical leave um, because of a health condition that previously didn't, you know, prohibit them from working in a, in a school environment. And so, you know, I think that, you know, my choice is really going to, to boil down to speaking for those who, you know, is taking a stand for those who, who, whose voice isn't being heard right now, I think. Um, especially since we don't have students in the building yet. It'd be a very different choice if I knew that you all were showing up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, just because we're pretty much almost out of time, is there anything that anyone wants to say just as a final, final statement? I, I think that this has been a really good conversation and like having the student side of things, that's one eye-opening situation, getting to know different people through what we're going, what everyone is going through, but being able to talk to the teachers openly and understanding what's coming from them too <laughs> makes things a lot more clear. And then we're all able to understand our own opinion, like realize that we're all dealing with so many things that factor into how we're feeling right now. I would say that to add a little bit to that, Sophia, is hearing your perspectives today has been so helpful and enlightening. And I think that the student voice has really been missing um, throughout this. And I think that you all, when you're in person in a building, we're able to hear the voice and see your voice in a way that is different than, than we can when we're not, when we're not um, in person. So I'm so glad that y'all are doing this. I think this is going to really benefit the community to be able to hear your voices and, and like even just like the questions you're asking, um, I think say a lot about who you are and what you're thinking about. Um, and I don't know, I, I just want to say like, I'm so sorry this is happening to y'all. Like, I just am sorry that this is, I know that it's all happening to all of us, but for those of you and for those, all of our students who are in school right now, and this is part of your school experience, I don't want this for any of you. Um, but I so appreciate it and I'm so proud of what y'all are doing. I want to say, um, I mean, it was great finally um, seeing you because I know that um, like through Global Pathways, you know, um, like personally, like I've, I've met you a number of times and it's great to finally see you, you know, even if it's outside of school, you know, it's you know. great to catch up, you know, like even <laughs> if it's under um, circumstances that none of us could have imagined uh, last year, you know. It's great to have this conversation. This has been a really eye-opening conversation and we are so glad that we could have Ms. Coleman today and signing off. This is the AWE podcast, Realizing Tomorrow.